Well, welcome everybody to week one of our brand new series called This Is Cultivate. Each and every year, uh, we like to present a series that presents who we are as a church. You know, there's a lot of churches in the world. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things. But why are we a part of the local body that we are a part of? What makes Cultivate Cultivate. Ten years ago, when we planted Cultivate Church, we desired that this to be a place where people could discover what it means to live life on purpose. We just believed that there were a lot of people living nine to five, looking for purpose, looking for hope, looking for meaning, looking for community to attach to. And God burdened us with the heart and the vision and the mission of Cultivate Church. So this month, we're going to take a journey of what Cultivate is, who Cultivate is, what is it that we are a part of and what is it that we would love for you to be a part of. Now I want to be very upfront. When we talk about the church, oftentimes we think about just a logo or just a street corner. We often maybe think about personalities. We think about traditions. We think about experiences we've had in a physical place. But I want to remind us that the church is actually you and it's me. Those of us who belong to Jesus, we belong to the church of Jesus because you and I, we're the church. We're the ones that are living it out. We are the ones who are carrying the very message, the very hope, the very purpose of Jesus Christ that he gave to us. So you and I are the church. And it just so happens that we all collectively do this together through Cultivate. So this month, this is Cultivate. This whole series comes out of a verse of scripture that I want to bring to you on the screen. Matthew 16, 18 says, I will build my church and the powers of hell will not conquer it. Now this is Jesus talking about what he's going to build. It's the very focal point that Jesus had. Jesus is giving us a glimpse of his mission, of his vision, of his passion. And it just so happens to be the local church. Jesus could have built anything. Jesus could have taken his time to build a great business. He could have chosen uh, the world and the world systems to operate in. He could have chose just fame. He could have chose maybe fortune. Jesus could have chosen a lot of things in order to gain influence to take his message into the world. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of us use the avenues that we've been given, the sphere of influence that we have to impact the lives of others. However, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. What's the Bible say that Jesus is coming back for? He's coming back for his bride, which is what? The church. Us. We are the church. So today, as we dive into this message, what I want us to understand is that this is a reflection of who we are. It's a reflection of the mandate, of the mission, and the purpose that God has put on our lives. Now, of all the things that I would love to talk about when it comes to Cultivate Church, when it comes to talk about who we are, our DNA, our values, our mission, and our vision, and our outreach, and our hope to see you live life on purpose today, I felt as if I needed to go back to the very basics. I felt like for us, it was very important that I start at the foundation. As a matter of fact, this is actually not the message I would love to be speaking to you today. There's a lot of other things that I would love to sink my teeth into to tell you about Cultivate. But I fear that because of our culture, I fear that because of the shifts that we're seeing in the world around us, that today our topic is vitally important. I titled your message today, Built to Last. Built 
to last. Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell, the powers of hell cannot destroy it. Here's the thing. You and I, if we're going to make it, if we're going to walk into eternity, if we're going to outlast this culture, if we're going to outlast this life, you and I must be built to last. And if we're going to be built to last, our foundation must be built securely on the solid foundation of God's Word. And so today, I want to talk to you about our foundation rooted and grounded in the Word and the truth of God. Why is this important? Why are we talking about this today? Doesn't this seem so elementary? Doesn't you, wouldn't it think that all the churches are built on God's Word based on the Bible? So why is it that we would use that as something that differentiates ourselves from potentially other places. Well, here's why. There was a, a, a survey done amongst people in church that say, I'm attached to a church. I follow Jesus. And here's what the survey actually showed. Current belief, 64% of Americans agree that God accepts the worship of all religions. Listen to that. 64% of Americans say that God accepts the worship of all religions. 44% agree that the Bible like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. Wow, people are saying that the Bible is not literally true. 51% agree that the Bible was written for each person to interpret as he or she chooses. Wow. 47% agree that the Bible is 100% accurate in all that it teaches. Less than half of people in our churches agree that the Bible is accurate in everything that it teaches. Only 49% in churches agree that sex outside of traditional marriage is sin. Wow. Only 49% agree that abortion is sin. 42% agree that the Bible's condemnation of homosexual behavior doesn't apply today. 38% agree that gender identity is a matter of choice. Only 54% in churches agree that only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. Only 54% agree. I don't know about you today, but that's alarming to me. It burdens my heart and it breaks my heart at the breakdown of the understanding of the truth and the validity of God's Word. That it is the ultimate authority. In our culture today, everything is so subjective. It's ever what I think. It's ever what I feel. It's whatever my emotions want to lead me to believe. Everything is true for myself and everything is true for you and you find your truth and I'll find my truth. However, God's Word is full of the absolute truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And if you love me, you will obey me. So today, I want to talk about being built to last, built 
on the solid foundation and the solid truth of God's Word. Today, I pray that uh, we would open our heart to understand that uh, we live in a culture that's shifting and trying to shape us, trying to mold us and to make us into what it wants us to be. However, it's my responsibility to be shifted, to be molded, to be made into what God wants me to be. So many of us are trying to have God conform to our standard when it's our responsibility to conform to the standard of God. So as a church, before we build anything else this month about who we are and what our purpose is and what our mission is and what we're called to do together, who we are called to be together, we need to understand that God's Word is the ultimate authority. And unless we are operating in and out of what His Word tells us to do, we are missing the point, we are missing the mark altogether. Today, Cultivate Church, this is us. This is Cultivate, built to last. So let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for all of my friends listening by podcast, watching online. I pray that today's word today is convicting to us. God, I pray that it corrects us. I pray that it changes us. God, I pray that we allow you room and freedom to move into our lives. Don't let us be uh, asking you to conform to us, but today, God, we ask you to help ourselves to conform to you. God, just convict us, change us, mold us, and make us through the power of your word today. In Jesus' name. Amen. So three things today that I want to bring to you about the Word of God. Three things that I believe are very important uh, uh, roles, the very placement of the Bible in our life, and what it does for us. That's why it's so important that we're embracing the totality of the Word from the beginning to the end, and that we don't try to shape it, we don't mold it, we don't make it to what we want, but we embrace it for what God wants. So the first thing that the Bible does for us is the Bible directs us. The Bible directs us. Write that down if you're a note taker there. Look at what the scripture says in the book of Psalm chapter 119 and we're going to spend all morning uh, in that passage of scripture in that chapter. Now we're only going to hit a few verses and I would encourage you to read that whole chapter because that whole chapter is about developing a passion and a love for God's word to help us to lean into God's word and to pursue it so that we pursue a life living for God. But look what the Bible says in verse 104 and 105. It says, your commandments, underline that word commandments if you can. Your commandments give me understanding, underline that word, understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life, underline that word false there. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Now, many of us have potentially heard that verse of Scripture, verse 105. Your Scripture is is a lamp. It's a light to my feet. It's a guide to my path. Knowing that God's Word is what directs us. God's Word is what shows us where to go. In the middle of the darkness, when we cannot find direction, when we don't know what to do, when we don't know which direction to take, when we can't tell what is right in front of us, we're going to stumble over something that has moved into our pathway. God's word is what lights the way that gives us direction. But verse 104 is the one that I really like. Your commandments are what gives us understanding. You see, if you just Google our culture, 
If you just watch the news, if you get on social media, if you read the comments, if you watch the tweets and you see what everybody is communicating, we have never been in a more confused culture than ever before. People are looking for direction. We are trying to recreate, reshift and reshape the culture that we're living in. We don't know what's right. We don't know what's wrong. We don't have a standard of morality, a standard for living. We're breaking apart our family units because we're trying to rewrite the rules to accommodate our feelings and our emotions. I'm not minimizing some of the the issues that we have or the problems that we have. I'm not minimizing the feelings that we have. I'm just saying that in all of those things, it has to be subjected to God's Word. It has to be submitted to God's Word because it's God's Word, it's commandments. It's His information. It's His rules. It's His suggestions. It's His guidance and His wisdom. All from God's Word that helps us to be built to last. For your commandments are what gives me understanding. How are we going to know? How do we navigate all the changes? How do we navigate all the thoughts? How do we navigate what this side is saying and what that side is saying and what this church is doing and what that church is doing? How do we navigate all of that stuff? Well, it's God's commandments that gives us what? Understanding. And then I love what the writer says. No wonder I hate all the false ways of life. No wonder I'm uncomfortable in this culture. No wonder I'm uncomfortable in this generation. No wonder I'm uncomfortable in this situation because it's a false way of living. It is a false way of life. It is a false narrative. It's a false truth. It's a false feeling. But until I subject it to God's Word, I will be fumbling through the dark because it's only God's Word that gives me light and directs my path and shows me the way and keeps me safe from bumping into everything that is going to be harmful to me. Why is this so important? It's important to understand it because our churches even today have moved to the left and to the right. We have forgotten God's way. In our culture, there are three forms of truth. There are three standards that most of us would actually embrace in our culture. Here's how our culture is actually finding their truth. The first one is either through science and reason. Well, what does science say? What does reasoning say? See, we're scientists. We're smart people. We do the research. We can figure it out. We can tell there is no God. As a scientist, I can tell you that there was this molecular explosion in the sky, and there happened to be these things that collided, and out of all of that, now we have life, and that we have all the intricate details of creation and life and the miracles that are all around us. Yeah, all of that come from a cosmic collision. I'm a scientist. I've got all the facts. There is no God. Well, where did all of that stuff come from? If there was a cosmic collision and that's what happened, it was this big accident that took place. Where did all of that come from? They can't explain it and neither can you. All I can tell you is, as the Bible tells me in the beginning, there was God and God created 
I'm not a, a brilliant man, but I can tell you this. All of this, the intricate uh, uh, details of our life, of our body, of this world, none of that happened out of an accident. None of that, of all of the amazing miracles around, that, around us, none of that was a miracle. But we try to explain everything away. Can I tell you that science is ever-changing? They're learning things. They're not using the same science textbook they used when you were a kid. No, we've had advancements. We've learned some things. Some things have shifted and some things have changed. You know what? Science can try to disprove, but science doesn't know it all. Science and reasoning is not the ultimate authority. Neither is popular opinion. Many people, popular opinion, that's what we're basing our life on. What does everybody else say? What does social media say? What does everybody else think about it? Popular opinion. Well, if everybody's tweeting about it, then I've got pressure to cancel you. I've got pressure to lean toward a group. I've got pressure to lean toward a political affiliation. I've got all this pressure from the popular opinion that I've got to go with the flow and get with the mold and I've got to change and orient myself with what everybody is saying. We use that is truth. Well, I saw it on social media. Well, I saw it on TV. Well, here's what they said or here's what they did. It's just the popular opinion. The third thing that we would gravitate to is our feelings. Yeah, we're, we, we love our feelings, don't we? Well, I feel this way. I know what the Bible says, but here's how I feel. I know what you said, but this is what I feel. I know what that looks like, but here's what I feel. The Bible says that above all, your heart is deceitful above everything. Your feelings will lie to you. It's all around us. I read an article and, I, and it gives me a really good reference point of what I think many people see in our culture about following the validity of God's word being built to last. I put it on the screen for you. Look at this with me. It says a sad thing is happening in America. The church is killing itself. A great revelation has occurred that is bringing joy and happiness to millions but it's being met with resistance and retrenchment from many of my colleagues inside the church. Here's the corner we've painted ourselves into. He's talking about the church. The Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Yet, the Hebrew and Christian scriptures did not float down from heaven, perfect and without error. It's difficult to watch good people, and the churches are full of them. Buy into the sincere but misguided notion that being a faithful Christian means accepting everything the Bible teaches. Wow. In other words, we've lost it by just embracing the totality and the validity and the authority of God's Word. We've missed out. We've missed it. We've missed the mark. We can't believe that the Bible is without error and without fault. We have to see and read between the lines. We're missing it inside the church, outside in the world. They're advancing. They're growing. They're getting more mature. They're getting more inclusive. And, and so the church is just missing the boat because we're tied to the Bible. Now, I know what you're thinking already, but that's probably a, a secular thought process. It's a secular writing. But let me share who the author is. The author is Oliver Thomas, a retired American Baptist minister. And he's a USA Today board of contributors. Listen, the standard of truth, which is God's word, has stood the test of time. You see, we can try to recreate it. We can rewrite the rules. We can redefine it. We can reshape it all. 
But God's word has stood the test of time. Rely on the wisdom of God's word, not the wisdom of the world. The Bible is what should be our direction. The Bible should show us which way to go. Because culture sure is. Culture's trying to tell us. Culture's trying to give us directions. Culture wants to be that GPS giving you all the turns and the stops and the goes. But the Bible is how we are built to last. In this church, the Bible, hey, this is cultivate. The Bible directs us. Number two, the Bible corrects us. Now, for many of us, this is really uncomfortable. We make and take some direction. Oh, but we don't like correction, do we? We don't want anybody telling us what to do, helping us to change our behavior, change our motives, change our habits, change our way of doing things. Don't correct me. You can give me a little direction. You can give me a little coaching, but don't start trying to correct me. But look at what the Bible says in verse 5 and 6 of uh, Psalm 119. Oh, that my actions, underline the word actions, would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commandments. I think this would be an incredibly powerful prayer to actually pray. Oh, that my actions would reflect consistently your decrees, your word, your best knowledge, your best wisdom, all the information you've provided me. May my actions consistently reflect your word. Then I won't be ashamed when I compare my life with your commandments. See, if I'm following God's word consistently, if I'm living out what he has told us to live, if I'm going by what God has instructed me to do, I'll have no shame. I'll have no guilt. I'll have no habits. I'll have no hang-ups. I'll have no hold-ups. I'll have no hurts. All because I've embraced the totality of God's word and he will correct me. When something is wrong in my life, He is the one who corrects. His word is the one who says, that's not right. This is the best way. You can do it that way, but you're going to experience pain. You're never going to get everything out of it that you desire to get out of it. I want what's best for you. God's word. God wants what's best for us. That's why he corrects us. It's why I correct my five-year-old son. It's why when he's not right and he's doing something wrong, even though he's got great motives, even though he feels it, even though he thinks it, sometimes I have to step in and I have to correct my son. I love to play games with my son. I'm amazed at just five years old how well he can play a board game or a card game. One of the favorite games I like to play with, with Asher is Uno because, number one, it's it's a quick game. Uh, it's pretty simple. And, uh, and every Uno game has a different set of rules. So we have like Spider-Man Uno. Uh, we have, uh, I don't know, other themed Uno games that we play. And in each one of them, there's a special rule, a special card that kind of shapes and changes the game up a little bit. And sometimes we'll be playing, and uh, my, my son, he, he didn't like to lose very well. So sometimes I'll notice He's trying to bend the rules. He's trying to take a rule from one of the other Uno games and apply it to the one we're in. And I'm like, hey, bud, I don't think that's right. I don't think that's it. And he'll say, oh, Dad, that's right. And sometimes he's trying to bend it to go his way. 
And then sometimes, if I'm transparent, I'm just wrong. Like, I'm amazed. The five-year-old knows better than I know. But the only way we can solve it, the only way we can get to the bottom of our disagreement, the only way we will know for certain who's believing the truth and who is operating the right way is we'll go to the box and we'll pull out the instruction book. And in that instruction book are all the rules, are all the regulations of how to play, how to enjoy playing, and how to win. And so when we read those rules, I'll go, you know what? I missed it, bud. You were right. Good job. You knew. You remembered. And you know what I do? I correct the way that I play. I correct the rules of the game. I correct the way my actions unfold in the midst of that game. I have a better time. The game flows properly. There's no disagreement. And we enjoy our time together. When he's trying to cheat a little bit or bend the rules on dad, I correct it. Hey, bud, you're cheating. You got to go back. You got to fix it. Give me those cards back. Put them back. Put every... Because the rules don't lie. It's what keeps us in line. It's what corrects us. Every time you and I, we go back to God's Word and we see what the Word says, it corrects us. It changes our motive. It changes the way we play this game. It changes the focus of this life. It changes the experience of this life. It changes your purpose of this life. It changes everything when we have our actions consistently reflect the Word of God. Then... There is no shame. Psalm 119 and 29, I think, is one of the most powerful verses that we'll read today. I think this is a prayer for all of us. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Wow. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. Most of us in this culture, we're lying to ourselves. You've said, this is who I am. This is the way I was made. God's okay with it. God's all right with my sin. God's all right with the way that I feel. God's all right with what I'm thinking. God has conformed to me. But God, help us not to lie to ourselves. Wow, God, keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instruction. When we allow God to direct us, God will step in and begin to correct us for our good. It makes us everything God created us to be. And then one of the greatest benefits, if you're willing to let God direct you and to correct you, number three, His Word will protect you. God's Word protects us. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your Word. Listen to that. How do, how do we walk in purity? How do we stay pure? How can we live God's standard? There's no way. You've, you've read the Bible. There's no way I can do that. How, how can I embrace purity? Well, obey God's Word. Do what God's Word says to do. Give me an eagerness for your laws rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your Word. How do I live life on purpose? How do I get the most out of this experience in life? How do I make it through? How do I not chase every false pretense of happiness? How do I, not, how do I stop myself from chasing the American dream that just leave, lives in discontent and dissatisfaction and disappointment? Well, God, help me to turn from the love of money. Keep me from chasing worthless things. Give me life through you. Let my worth come through you. Protect me. From all the stuff, the aimless running of this life 
and of this culture. Help me abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. God, help me abandon my shameful ways. How does, how does God's word protect us? It keeps us from pain that we cause ourselves. It gives us the wisdom to make the right directions. It shows us what is important. It lets us know that there is something more than just this life. The greatest protection that God's word gives us is the truth in which to live out in our life because heaven and hell weigh in the balance. It's another thing we've removed from many of our churches and much of our theology is that heaven and hell uh, is, is only one-sided. That there's a good God would only allow us to spend eternity in heaven and he would would not send us to hell. So we're erasing, we're removing, we're rewriting, we're changing the narrative that hell is an alternative. But can I tell you today, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is very clear that hell is a reality. No, hell was not created for you. And no, hell was not created in me. And yes, it is God's desire that nobody should perish. But the Bible says sin separates us from God. And the separation is eternal unless we embrace what Jesus came to do to live and to die and to be resurrected and to free us from our sins. And yet, we can pray a prayer to say yes to Jesus and we will be forgiven. But not just to pray a prayer, but to obey what God's Word says for us. If you love me, you will obey me. Look, God's Word is so full of so much truth. It protects us even from eternity. God doesn't send us to hell. Every time we choose to live in disobedience and walk in our own way and embrace this culture, if we're not built to last, we will do it to ourselves. God's Word is so important. And it's so important that our churches are based on it. But I can't, I can't account for everybody else. But this is cultivate. And I can tell you we're built to last. We let God's Word direct us. We let God's Word correct us so that God's word will protect us. But I want to give you three easy ways that the Bible teaches us to be able to do this. How do you get accustomed to God's word? How do you begin to grow in God's word? How do you begin to embrace it and begin to live it? I want you to turn your outline to the next section and I'll give you three things. The first is this, very simple. The Bible says you need to hear God's word. You need to hear God's word. Matthew 7, 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. There it is again. What? Anybody who listens to his teaching and then follows it is a wise person who builds his house on the rock. I will build my church on the rock. Listen to God's word. Look, 40% of millennials are disassociating with church. They don't identify with any uh, spiritual beliefs. 40% after the pandemic, uh, people have dropped their church life like crazy. People have abandoned the local church in many places across the country. The numbers are absolutely staggering. But every time you tune in online, every time you listen to that podcast, every time you show up in those church doors, you're hearing God's word. And by the way, uh, statistics say that those who show up in church are more likely to read their Bible every day. They're more likely to have a desire to know what God's Word says by showing up collectively together in community and hearing God's Word. Hear it. Listen to it. 
The second one is study God's Word. Many of us listen to it or we see it on a Sunday. Maybe we write some notes, but we're not studying God's Word. We're not digging into it together. Acts 17, 11, here's our heart here at Cultivate. You hear us say it a lot. They listened eagerly to Paul's message. They searched the Scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truths. Don't take it because I said it. Don't take it because I read it to you. Don't take it because it's what's in your note sheet that I fed to you today. No, you get in God's Word. You study it for yourself, and you see if I'm telling you the truth. We talk about giving. We talk about generosity. Most people want to fold their arms like this and go, well, that's just the church. That's just somebody who wants something. No, it's the Word of God. It's what the Word of God says. Dig into it. Study it. Know it. Don't just listen to the fact that I told you. It's important to listen, but then you got to study it. You got to know it. You got to dig into it for yourself. You got to let God's word direct you and correct you and protect you. And it never will unless you dig in to study the word of God. The Bible says study to show yourself approved. Study it. Know it. Get in God's word. It is the way that you are built to last. Third is you live it. Live God's word. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're fooling yourself. For if you listen to the word and don't what? Obey. It's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. How silly would that be to live that way? You can live it out. If it says it, just do it. Don't argue it. Don't recreate it. Don't rewrite it. Don't try to put your spin on it. Don't put your perspective into it. You just live it out. And watch what happens. Watch what happens. Everybody in our world is talking about a better way. They've got a, a different narrative. They've got a different uh, focus. They've got a different process. But look, the world is miserable. The world is falling apart around us. All these people that are preaching that God's Word is obsolete and that it's changed, they are miserable. Why? Because Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. He came to bring life and life to the fullest. It's found in Jesus. This is cultivated, and we are built to last. We are built on the totality, the full truth of God's Word. We're not bending. We're not breaking Scripture. We are embracing the Word of God. We are not perfect people, but we're letting God direct us along the way. We're letting God correct us when we make problems and decisions that aren't God's best for our life. We're letting God's Word protect us. We're going to hear it, we're going to study it, and we're going to live it. And I want to challenge you to embrace that life because this is cultivate. A reference I want to give you to write down the good book series we did in June of last year. It's a great series to help you dig deeper into God's Word what God's Word is, what God's Word is for, how you can study it, how you can trust it, how you can believe it. It's an incredible series that I believe will help you on this journey to be built to last. Throughout this month, I challenge you not to miss a week because we're going to unfold our culture, our DNA, our heart, our mission, our vision. We're going to get into some fun stuff of who we are as Cultivate Church together. But today, it was so important that we show the foundation of everything that we're building this house on is to be built to last on the truth of the Word of God. And so it's my prayer today that for all of us, that number one, we all know Jesus. 
And then number two, we commit to who Jesus is to be able to live that life out for Him. So where you are, if you can, I just want you to be very reverent in this moment with me. I want to pray for you. Maybe today you don't know Jesus and you need to say yes to a relationship with Him. I want to pray that for you. Maybe you're uh, watching today or you're listening today and, and you've been trying to navigate this life and you've been trying to figure out who's right, who's wrong, what's right, what's wrong. Should I embrace that lifestyle? Should I embrace uh, the, the, the life and the, and, the, and the sanctity of life? Or should I let everybody just be their own self and my body, my choice? There's so much happening in the world. Who's right? Let's go back to the authority of God's Word and let's make a commitment today that that's going to be our God, that's going to be our correction, and it's going to be our protection. God, for my friends watching right now, I pray that if there's any of us without a relationship with you, that today would be our day to say yes. Father, we've sinned, we've fallen short, we've messed it up, we've done it our own way, and today we choose you. We choose to live life for you. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to put you first. And God, help us all. All of us who call ourselves believers, living for Jesus, chasing our mission, our purpose, and our passions for you. God, let us subject ourselves, submit ourselves to the totality and the authority of your word. Let it direct us. Let it correct us and let it protect us. May we be hearers of your word. God, may we be students of your word and may we live it out in everything that we do. God, let us live life on purpose to make a difference for you. This is us, Cultivate Church. This is Cultivate. God, we love you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.